1: What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl, the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly.
2: This is a Brawl
1: Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. Here to take you on the road to victory, it's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network, wherever you're listening iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, radio.com, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co host Connor Miles here with our Eagles Brawl insider, Ed Cross. Ed, the Carson Watts trade has not happened yet, unfortunately. And, it, you know, probably while we're recording, it could some new report will drop that will make it look like it's going to be close. It's going to Something's happening. The Bears are picking up traction. Something like that will happen while we're recording. I'm, I'm sure of it. But as of right now, as it stands, nothing has moved on the Carson Wentz stance. A lot of people are frustrated because, I mean, I don't know. It seems like Eagles fans are dying to get this deal done and get it over with. I know writers alike are the same way because we want to focus on our the rest of the content that we want to work on. We don't want to just keep speaking about this Carson Wentz stuff because it just regurgitated information at this point. And I completely understand that. But I think the whole reason this whole Carson Wentz trade hasn't gone down yet and why we should be a little bit more patient with it because, again, this isn't even the whole offseason yet. The Super Bowl just ended. I know Matthew Stafford's been traded before the Super Bowl. I know Alex Smith's been traded before the Super Bowl, but that's not very common. So I, I, I'm with, if I'm the Eagles right now, I think they're taking the right approach. Uh, I don't think they're getting the best offer that they can possibly get that they feel for Carson Wentz. And when saying that, I don't take, I don't say Carson is the player that I think he is in 2017, 2019. I'm saying I don't think that they're getting what they think is valued enough to take on this historically bad cap hit. Like you're going to look bad. Howie's going to look bad for this. And he knows that. He knows he's going to take some, he's going to take some major heat for what's about to happen with this Carson Wentz trade. And rightfully so. Jeffrey Lurie knows it too. But if you need, you need to get a trade package back for him. That at least signals, hey, we screwed up, but we brought this back in to help us at least alleviate a little bit of the screw-up. Like, we got these two first-round picks. They're going to be helping us reform our franchise. Now we have three first-round picks. We have two this year, one next year. I know that Carson's gone, but these, these three first-round picks, we're going to try to hit really hard on these. They're going to be one of our franchise cornerstone players, and it's going to make up for this little bit of a mess. Right now, that's not happening. I mean, I don't think any team's going to give him two first. Not going to happen. I think the Sam Bradford trade package that they got with the first and the fourth round pick, probably more likely at this point. Mm. I, I, know, yeah, I know that you're even saying that. And I know that the it was a completely different situation at that time. The Vikings were getting right ahead into a season where they needed to compete now. Teddy Bridgewater went down. They needed to get a quarterback. If it wasn't for Teddy Bridgewater's injury that year, the Eagles never trade Sam Bradford, and he's on the 2016 roster. So – this is a little different. Circumstances are majorly different in this situation. But I really think that you can get a first-round pick from the Bears. I think if any team's going to do it, it's going to be Ryan Pace and the Bears, and you can milk him for that first-round pick. And you can get a fourth-round pick that could be at least a conditional third. And then if you're Howie Roseman, you got to say, you know what, the player didn't want to be here. He literally has told people that he would not even come back to this team if Frank Reich was the head coach we were ready to move on from the player because of how he's responding because we're both sick and tired of each other. It's a mutual party at this point is what, what I'm feeling like from what I'm gathering because they look like they're ready to move on to Jalen Hurts. Everything seems to be in the motion of Jalen Hurts. So I think this this divorce is actually, instead of just Carson running out of Philly, I think both sides are getting a little tired of each other. So if I'm high Rose, when I get a first and a fourth, I'm like, well, Let's do it. Let's make this deal happen. I'll take the historic cap hit. I'll move on and I'll say, hey, Eagles fans, I know my first-round pick history probably has you not optimistic because I would understand why fans wouldn't be optimistic about giving Howie more first-round picks to work with. But this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to turn the page of our franchise. And Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback. And this is how we're going to build around him right now and see how this goes. Because that's just where it seems like it's heading, Ed. Head.
2: Yeah, I you know I think if they would have had an offer of a first round pick by now, the trade would have been done. So, right mm-hmm. now, I don't think a first round pick has been on the table at all. And I know it's been reported that the Bears, um, you know, offered a first round pick to Reed Cohen and um, something else. That offer seems oh, silly. To me. Yeah, I mean, listen, that trade between Sta- uh between the Lions and the Rams with Stafford and Gopswich and teams that really kind of sent everything into a a kind of a sense of urgency lifted because um, oh my gosh, here you go, the quarterbacks. Now there's going to, it's like the draft when there's one position, that keeps getting drafted. There's a run at that position. So I think that kind of uh, some of the teams were like, oh my gosh, we have to get a quarterback. Look, the market's already moving. And like you said, the Super Bowl hadn't even been played yet. Um, so I, I just think that's kind of what really fueled this, uh all these rumors that were out there that he would be traded in the coming days. I mean, to me, you know, the people I've talked to on that situation uh, were surprised that it had reached that point because they weren't hearing that at all, that it was close to happening. And here we are, you know, what, four days or so after that uh, that report came out, and he's still a member of the Eagles. And I honestly, you think that maybe he'll get traded at some point while we're broadcasting here. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. You know when they're going to do it? It's probably Valentine's evening when I'm out to dinner with my wife. And I'll have to drop every, you know, I'll have to, you know, skip out before dessert. Um, just like when they traded McNabb on Easter Sunday, I wasn't covering the team back in 09 I think that was, but uh, I was coming back from the shore, um, and uh, it was like I heard it on the radio. I was like, "Wow, they're trading McNabb," and it's Easter Sunday, Easter evening. They're
1: trading now. It wasn't just trading McNabb; they're trading him to a division rival. Yes, but that, it was. It was big. And I, I man. Yeah, I knew it was over because that Dallas game you just you could just tell it was done, it was over. they were going to go in a different direction. But I mean, uh, did not expect Washington to be that team. So that that was a shell shock.
2: And and you know what I mean, Washington needs a quarterback.
1: <laughs> and you know, yeah, I, and there are I mean, there was rumors. I they were shot down completely by Grant Paulson though. But I did thought it was interesting that they were mentioned because I was like, oh, here goes McNabb all over again. And if it is the McNabb situation, then maybe the Eagles are right.
2: Yeah, I listen, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if there's going to become a third team into this mix. And the Eagles are doing the right thing, being patient. You're right. Howie doesn't want to look bad. He already looks bad, but he wants to get back as much as he can, and that would include a first-round pick. I mean, maybe you get a second-rounder. Um, I You know, I wrote something a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure they can get higher than a third at this point just because it's not really a seller's market. Um, There's so many quarterbacks – that are available apparently with Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe Marcus Mariota from Las Vegas and um, Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold. I mean, there are other quarterbacks out there, and then you have you know five quarterbacks in the draft that are considered first round talent. So, um, you know, it, it's a tough market to sell a quarterback in, especially. Um, oh, absolutely! Because nobody would yeah. thought
1: nobody yeah. would have thought the Bears were in on Carson once to the beginning of this. Yeah. This led to this point of being reported. Like nobody would have considered the Bears being the Carson once. At
2: least from my point of view, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, I do agree. Yeah, there that. was, you know, the Panthers had offered their, you know, eighth pick overall. I think so to, I, I was going to pick that as the third team being involved. For yeah, Obviously, they don't make, they're not making the same offer to the Eagles for Carson. Oh, Otherwise, no. this deal would have been wrapped up days ago. So to me, there's no first round pick on the table right now because if somebody offers it, I would, Jump at it if I was Howie, even if it was just a first-round pick, and that was it. Um, but I, I, you know, there's think, nothing on the table like that. I
1: think that's a very good point. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Uh, I think what what Eagles fans aren't asking, and what we should be asking, is why aren't teams willing to make a trade for Carson Wentz? Because it does seem like Eagles fans view Carson Wentz in a different light than maybe the teams are right now. Maybe even though their own team is right now. Uh, I mean, Ed, he did throw. 10 interceptions from a clean pocket was the least in most inaccurate passer ranked dead last from a clean pocket last year, according to pro football focus. I mean, there there's something there that he has to be fixed. No, any team that takes him on is going to view him as a reclamation project, no matter what. And that there's always going to be two ways that it could come out of this. One, it comes out really great. The team looks smart. He ends up being a franchise quarterback for that team or B he fails. He absolutely fails. He proves that he was the quarterback that he showed in twenty twenty. He progressively gets worse, and that team looks like they lost out on whatever they gave up for Carson Wentz. And I think those teams are really like conveying that in their in their organizations in their front offices, like, hey, we this might blow up in our faces. This isn't as easy as Eagles fans are making it look like. This Maybe isn't as dead deal. Like, Carson could be that quarterback that he showed on film last year. Um, and I know everybody's like, well, you we got to go look back in 2017. You got to look back at 2019. The injuries on the O-line, Doug Pearson's offense. I get that. That's valid context. But teams are looking at what he recently did and are judging him from his individual point of play. And they're showing you right now what his value is by not making those offers. So I, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I just don't know if Howie Rose, if one first-round pick, and that's a that it, that's it,
2: would move the needle for Howie to make this move still. I think he would probably, I mean, it's Howie Roseman. I think I would. If someone's just, offering you a first-round pick straight up for Wentz, absolutely. I mean, he's he, they got him for a first-round pick, and you're going to recoup a first-round pick. So I think the first team that gives up a first-round pick, I think Howie should bite at, and clearly that hasn't happened yet. Um and you know what would scare me if I'm a team like you mentioned the reclamation project and I want to bring in Carson Wentz it's it's not the you know the 15 interceptions and the 57% completion ratio and the 50 sacks it's the injuries that he's had you know he's stacked a lot of injuries going back to college when he had the broken wrist um at North Dakota State and then he comes into the league as a rookie and he breaks ribs during the, his rookie uh year in the exhibition season in the first game I think it was And then, you know, obviously the knee, the two ligaments, and then the back, and then the concussion. I mean, once a player starts to collect these types of injuries, um, you have to wonder, you know, is is he going to keep getting more injuries? And, And what toll have those injuries taken on him? And can he be that same player that he was in 17 before the knee injury, before the back injury, before the... Pretty bad concussion, I guess. So that to me is the biggest concern. If you're another team looking to trade for Carson, it's the injury history and not the statistics. That's
1: a pretty valid point because I think a lot of us who analyze the game have asked if the injuries have piled on, if if that's what's created this this past season. Because I think a lot of people were wondering if maybe that concussion was worse than it was mm-hmm. and it really affected his play this year, or if that's why he played timid this year. Just some, I do think that goes into it. It has to go into it. The injuries yeah. have to go into it. that has to go in the evaluation, and uh, I I agree with you. I think that's very valid points. I know Sam Bradford has injury history too, but I hate comparing the situations because the Eagles aren't trading Carson once a week before the season to a team that lost their quarterback out for the season. Uh, that was in comp- uh, that was going to compete that year. I was slated to compete that year. I should say, but so I, yeah, I agree with you completely. That's really great points. Now, moving on to. What I what I wrote for SI because I think a lot of people have taken what the little reports that I put in there and, and run with those. Uh, recently wrote for SI that they are moving on for to Jalen and Hurts and that's what the whole viewpoint is in the front office right now. I just think what was said in there about Doug Peterson, I think we all missed it. I think he said it multiple times. But, I mean, he came, to, Ed, you were there, end of the year season pressure. He says injuries, COVID. We can make this work. We can fix this. That wasn't just about the Eagles. That wasn't just about what we can do from a 4-11-1 team. That, was, that Carson Wentz went hand-in-hand in, hand in that. And then he goes on Angela's show, and he he wants to be the person that fixes Carson Wentz. So, Doug has already said all that stuff before. I was just repeating what I was told by someone very close to him. That was it. So, yeah. was not groundbreaking news there. Hate to say it. Love that I got the, like a ton of feedback on the article. But... That was something that was already out and known. He wanted to make it work with Carson once. Yeah. He was never fully on board with Jalen Hurts. They was never fully on board with that. That was never a thing. I go back to, and I asked the person this too. You remember that video of Carson and I mean, excuse me, Doug and Howie on at practice. Mm-hmm. They're trying and they're getting in at getting into it, it looked like, and yelling back and forth at each other. That was about Jalen Hurts' practice reps, apparently. Let's give Jalen more. First team reps. Let's see what he, what he has. We're, we're failing right now. Let's see what else. we got to try something new. Somewhere along the line, Ed, in 2020, this team's mostly Howie Roseman. His point of view of Carson Wentz has changed. And that has forced Carson Wentz's point of view of Howie Roseman to change. Whereas now he doesn't even want to come back to the team, even if they hired Frank Reich. If they would have kept Doug, Carson still wants out anyways. This So what I'm saying has nothing to do with either or. Carson wanted out no matter what. And now we're all starting to formulate that he wants out because of Howie. He doesn't trust the front office to put him in the best position to succeed. He doesn't trust this team to have the best long-term security future of his in
2: mind. Yeah, I thought you made a great point in that article was that one of the reasons he's upset with Howie is because he doesn't see a long-term future in Philadelphia. Just like you said, Sam Bradford saw the same thing once they traded up twice to draft Carson. Bradford won it out. He doesn't see a long-term future in Philly when you draft a guy that's expected to replace you whenever that point would be, um, you know, and, and that's the same thing with Jalen Hurts, you know, and how he drafted Hurts. It's like, okay, if you're Carson, you're like, well, you know, uh, they didn't pick a quarterback in the second round to have him sit for all four years or at least the first two years of this contract extension they gave me that they can get out of pretty, pretty scot free after two years. I mean, They want him to come in and compete and take my job. And I don't see my future here being very secure. And maybe that is one of the reasons like you alluded to that Carson wants out is just like Sam Bradford. He does not see a future here in Philadelphia. And I think your article stunned a lot of people in that it was Doug who wanted to stick with Carson, but the front office who didn't because they were fed the narrative. The fan base was fed the narrative that Carson and Doug didn't get along and Doug got fired because he couldn't pick his assistants and maybe that was part of it, but uh, the bigger oh, part,
1: part of it, yeah, that was, was, yeah. were
2: told, right. By the source, great source. I wish we could mention the name, but, um, it was, it was great information and it was Doug who wanted to stick with Carson in the front office <clears throat> did not. Um, so it wasn't this anger that Doug or Carson felt toward Doug, which again, a lot of the fan base was fed that narrative by many different people. Um, and there was probably something to that. I know there were some issues there for sure, but I think they were they weren't irreconcilable difference type issues like he's feeling towards Howie. Well, at um, least to
1: Doug, at least to Doug, they yeah, weren't exactly. At irre- least. Yeah, because I can't. We can't speak for Carson. I I, I would love to. Uh, I yeah. Literally, have only heard very minimal things about Carson's t- He keeps a very close tight. But for Doug's point of view, he thought that was fixable. He thought the Eagles were fixable though. So am I. And, to each of their own, because I disagree with Doug in certain aspects of that as well, because bringing back Press-Taylor, trying to either get Corey Underlin or Matt Burke to be defensive coordinator, it, it just wasn't going to fix a 4-11-1 team. It wasn't going to happen. So I understand where he was coming from. Uh, he wanted to stick with the quarterback he came into the league with as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Like That's not that hard to understand. That's not that hard to formulate in, in your head or make it an assumption yourself without having somebody tell you this. Now, again, shout out to Doug, because I think I've crushed him a lot on this podcast, and he really is off the field a great person. Um, Oh, yeah, no doubt. Came to this team and immediately lost his father, struggled with the Carson Wentz situation and the injuries, had to prevail and make it happen with Nick Foles, and then he had to deal with not only COVID this year, but the whole drama and quarterback situation that was bestowed onto him and said, hey, Doug, make this work. Like, it, it was a very... It was a bad situation, so I do feel for the guy, and he is the lone Super Bowl winning head coach in Philadelphia history. And he is in my thoughts and prayers because his brother was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and that is what I've been told that is a huge reason why he's taken the season off from coaching. That he was looked to be co- back into coaching next year, but uh, obviously there wasn't any head coaching offers on the table this year. But he was open to coaching still. He was still open to coaching any in uh, any form, but the pancreatic cancer with his brother right now uh, prayers to him. I hope that he bounces back from there. Cause I know from dealing with my mom and her uterine cancer, this is it's scary stuff. You really want to take care of your loved one, especially uh, a brother. So uh, shout out to Doug. He's gone through a, a lot. I think as a person, and he's very, very battle tested a very good person. And I'm, I'm rooting for his brother. I hope that he beats this. And I, I want to see Doug coach again, Ed, as from a person standpoint, personal standpoint, knowing the guy that you've, you before, you said great great piece on him on, on this show about uh, when you two discussed your father's passing away. I mean, the guy's just a personable guy. Yeah. He's a guy, you, he would he would be a, a coach I would want to play for or I would want my son to play for. So uh, I am rooting for him and I am rooting for his success that he comes back in the NFL and he finds a situation that isn't as hectic and it works because I, I do think he's a great person. And he does deserve that.
2: But I mean, yeah. I back to one more thing with Doug, when you go back to the, 2016 season, his rookie year as a coach, Carson's rookie year. I mean, there was a quarterback controversy as soon as they drafted Carson because Sam wasn't happy. And I thought he handled that very, very well because Sam was still the starter. Chase Daniel was second string. Carson Wentz was on track to not even be active uh, for games at that point. Chase wanted to start too. Chase was like vocal about, I want to be a senior quarterback. Had had they not traded Bradford, Bradford would have started that year. Had Teddy Bridgewater not – tore up his knee or his leg so badly. I I think Bradford starts that year and is the second string guy and Carson's inactive as he learns on the bench. And then once they traded Bradford, I still remember going down there on Labor Day, Monday, they were announcing Carson was going to be the starter for the week one opener against the Browns jumping over chase Daniel, who wasn't happy, but Doug handled that situation very, very well. Um, he didn't let that quarterback controversy possibility fester and, and overwhelm his team. He handled it handled it great. So that that's and my
1: phone. Right. He came to uh Philadelphia with Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel came from Kansas City with him there. So it was like they were already friends before the Eagles started and he had to go ahead and make that tough decision. I agree yeah. with you. He handled it perfectly. Handled that situation perfectly. And now and next that year was
2: a long in the locker room too. I think players saw that. Uh, And they appreciate that kind of thing. You know, they're they're watching what the coach is doing in situations like that. And, you know, that really had the players buy in. And then we saw what happened a year later in 2017. They went on a great run uh, and got to the Super Bowl. And Carson was a big reason for it. I know he didn't play in the game or the playoffs, but he got them that number one seed. And that was vital uh, to them getting to the Super Bowl and winning it.
1: So I said also, and I think it's true because this comment should have resonated more. Uh, when Howie said he didn't want to miss out on his next Russell Wilson, he was not kidding. They, I did not think because going back for you when you initially make this pick, you're like, you sit back, you digest, it. you're know, like, they must clearly want a young, talented backup quarterback on an affordable salary behind Carson, which is franchise's money. And then the season goes on, and it happens how it happens. I, I don't know if you feel this sense now, Ed, from everything that we've heard and talked about. But it seems like they just want to move off from Carson a year too early rather than a year too late. And they're they're that confident in Jalen Hurts to do so because, like I said, I've told this to you and you've agreed with me numerous times. This isn't trading away Terrell Owens. I know the Eagles didn't trade him away, but I'm just trying to use an example. This isn't trading away a disgruntled wide receiver. This isn't trading away a disgruntled cornerback. This is trading away a young franchise quarterback. You have to go back to – Jay Cutler, to see a, the last time a young franchise, well, at least dawned franchise quarterback, was traded that young. And the reason why he was traded is because the new head coach that they hired belittled him right to his face.
2: Yeah, McDaniels. Yeah, it,
1: was, it was an awful situation. That's why he got traded. That's not happening here. Yeah, but You have to ask yourself, why are the Eagles so comfortable doing this? Yes, they're taking their time. Yes, they're trying to get most value. But Why? Does it seem like this is a done deal no matter what? Why do we already convince ourselves that the Eagles are 100% trading Carson Wentz? You have to ask yourself that. And you can't say this draft because it's a crapshoot. You don't know if Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Wilson are going to pan out. You don't know if, you're the, if one of those guys that you actually want is going to be there at six. You had a feel that Carson Wentz is going to be there at two. That's why you were comfortable trading to two. You don't know that at six, though. And if you really want a quarterback in this draft, then the Eagles better be already thinking about how they're going to trade up to number two to get that quarterback. Mm -hmm. Because if that does not happen, they don't know what quarterback's going to be in this draft that they can get. get. So why are they so comfortable to make this move? And the answer has to be Jalen Hurts. There's no other explanation for it. You don't feel this comfortable unless you're comfortable with somebody else in the organization. And then it's the truth. Howie wants to get Russell Wilson out of Jalen Hurts. He said that comment for a reason, and now it's time for him to prove it because it, it, from all likes and purposes, this is what's going to happen, Ed. They're going in, in 2021 with Jalen Hurts. And according to a player I've already spoken to, they're getting ready to go work out with Jalen Hurts next week in Frisco. The wide receivers are getting together, Rager, Fulgham, Ward, uh, and Hightower, and they're going to they're gonna train with Jalen Hurts already. So it seems like these wide receivers are already have it in their head, like, hey, we've got to go train with our starting quarterback.
2: That would be Frisco, Texas. You're yeah, like, talking not San Francisco, yeah. No, no, Frisco, Texas. Sorry, yeah. yes, sir. And that's where the, you know Jalen's from, and um, both Jalen's hurts. Anyway. They,
1: they trained there last year, uh, yeah. And they got drafted too.
2: Yeah. Well, you're right. They're they're all in on Jalen Hurts, and going back to uh, Howie Roseman making that statement about you know we passed on Russell Wilson, um, you know back in the third round of 2012, and then they 15 picks later took Nick Foles. And saying we think this guy could be Russell Wilson, and your Carson Wentz again, people look for reasons why he's angry at Howie Roseman. Well, there's another reason, you know. Again, he's already touting Russell or uh, Jalen Hurts to be the next Russell Wilson. So how does that make Carson feel? It's like you know, I know I have this contract, but they can get out from this contract in you know one or two years, and my long-term future here is no good. So why don't I try to move on one year? Too early, then one year too late, and so that's another reason he could be angry at Howie because clearly they drafted Jalen Hurts to take over for Carson Wentz. I don't think when they drafted him that it would happen this quickly. Um, nobody saw the season that Carson had coming last year, um, yeah. and and maybe going back to what I said earlier about other teams being should be concerned about the injury history. Maybe the Eagles are concerned about that too, and they don't see the same player in Carson that they saw back in 16 and 17 when they drafted him. So, you know, maybe they're seeing the same things that other teams might be seeing, and that's why they're not getting a number one pick is because those injuries are a concern.
1: They paid him after the back injury, though, so I don't know if that – I think it, I'm, it may play into it. I don't know. I just think somewhere along the line, Jalen Hurts won them over and Carson went soured on them. That's just what I think. And that's just really between the lines of what's going on right now is somewhere like, because you have to have. Eagles fans aren't confident about this move, Ed. I don't think you're fully confident about this move. I'm not fully confident about this move, to be, to be quite 100% honest. I think there is a very big risk in trading Carson Wentz and being wrong about Jalen Hurts. And I understand that the fans don't trust Harry Roseman with that move because his evaluations on players have been off in the past. So. Yeah. I, I I can't kill anybody for that opinion. I can't disagree with it. Their guess is as good as mine. But right now, you don't feel comfortable enough to make this move unless somebody has convinced you that they can be your quarterback. And between those four games and the stuff that we weren't privy of seeing, especially you guys, being the, the up-close beat writers of the team, having to be away from the facility, staying away from the team during COVID, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes something had to happen behind the scenes for Carson to feel the way he does, even with all the changes that have been made and for how to feel the way that he does in Jalen hurts. There has to be something there that we're not seeing that we're missing, but he clearly, he wants to move on to Jalen hurts and Carson knows that Carson feels that Carson wants to move on for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's just how it's going to be. That's what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. I don't see any way he comes back at this point. I know there's been speculation out there that, Hey, well maybe he comes back and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they don't get what they want, so they keep him. But I just don't see how they can do that. But I, I also don't see how they can trade him unless that value that they want for him is there. And I'm not sure it's really going to be what they want unless they can get, you know, the Patriots, the the Raiders, the Broncos, Washington. Unless they can get more teams involved in this other than Chicago and Indy. You know, I, I just don't see how they get what they want to to feel good about dealing him. I just
1: don't know how you make this work with Carson now, because he just wants out. He wants out. I don't know how you can win, because you're not firing Howie. It's, they're not going to. They're not going to fire Howie right no. now. So I don't know how you can convince Carson, like, hey, we couldn't get an offer for you, so let's try this again and see no. if we can make this work. Because he's out. He's already out mentally. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you can make that work with him. I, it's it's I it's, I think if anything, it will get dragged out, but I think it will get resolved by. Way he,
2: before RTA. Yeah. Well, yeah, you hope. I mean, they, they owe him the $15 million bonus on the third day of the league year, which I think is March 20th. So, you know, clearly you'd like to be moved on by that point. But, um, the yeah, way the market
1: I, I think, I think more teams are still curious to what the, what's going to happen. If the, once the Watson domino falls, I think it would be easier for the Wentz. Yes, uh, well but,
2: Watson domino that might not fall until draft weekend,
1: right? Because the Texans really don't want to do it, and I don't blame them,
2: right? But might try to peddle him during the draft or you know, have a deal of a a trade in place or the framework of a trade in place prior to the draft, and then on draft night, announce it that they're trading Watson to the Jets for the second pick and other picks, you know what I mean? So, you know, I think if other teams are waiting for Watson, they're going to be waiting until draft weekend before we see any move that front.
1: Um, I just think going back to and I hate again I hate comparing the situations, but going back to twenty sixteen, we all thought Bradford was gonna be traded like during the draft or yeah or like right away. We thought they dropped the Carson once now the time is to move Bradford. It took them months to do so. So they they, were, I, they, I, I at the I, season I, You remember when they do the, the open training camp at uh, 2016 at the Lynx? So that year I was covering the Eagles for USA Today and they let me on the field. I met I talked to Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. I literally went up to him and I said, "What's your thoughts going into the season? Are you fully committed to playing with the Eagles?" And he literally said himself, "Right now I'm a Philadelphia Eagle and I'm going to train as I'm a Philadelphia Eagles. So it literally took days before Week One for Sam Bradford to be moved, and it took a situation where a team lost the starting quarterback. I don't, now that again, situation is different because in you're in the off season, you're probably in need of a quarterback. You can get Carson Wentz. I just don't know what it, it's going to have to take. Howie Roseman coming to terms with the value that he's being
2: offered. Exactly. Exactly right. You know, just write it off. I mean, already your owner is going to eat $34 million or whatever it is in dead, dead money. Um, so Howie has to go to Jeffrey and say, look, if you really want to eat that money, this is the best I can do. I've been on the phone lines for the last three weeks, a month, whatever it's been. And this is the best deal. And if you're serious about eating 34 million, then this is what we are going to have to do. We're going to have to bring him back or we're going to have to wait for a situation like, what happened with the Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota if something were to happen uh, in the summer to one of these other quarterbacks? But I, I wouldn't wait for that other shoe to drop because it just might never drop. And then you're going to have – and then what are you going to do? i uh,
1: Cole- have a divided locker room because I'm telling you right now, if, if these receivers are already going to train with Jalen Hurts, uh, you're looking at a divided locker room. And I think Jeff McLean on 97.5 said to himself, like, the younger players prefer – Jalen and the older players are starting to prefer Carson. Like you're going to divide the locker room for, and that's not a good, that's not good for a first year head coach. And I think that's on Howie and Jeffrey's mind as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't want that at all. And I, I'm not sure how many veterans are going to be left on this team. Uh, you know, once opening day comes, um, you know, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I know you'll have probably your linemen will still be here. Maybe one of them has gone, Brooks or Johnson, but yeah, I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of, uh, in my opinion, a lot of veterans, uh, maybe on defense, you'll have a couple guys, Graham and Cox and, um, some of those guys, but, uh, you know, they're just going to have to come to grips with playing with Jalen hurts because that, that seems to be where we're headed here. Yeah,
1: That's exactly where it seems to be heading here. All right, Ed, I know that we're going to cut it short today because this is a quick episode. I wanted to get our thoughts on the situation that's going on in hand. Anyways, with Carson Watson, and Jalen hurts, uh, just want to thank you personally on air because, for allowing me to come to Eagles Eagle Mavin Sports Illustrated and contribute with you guys. It's truly an honor. Uh, you guys can check out all our work on si.com slash NFL slash Eagles for all your up to date Eagles news and article leads from Ed, John McMullen, and now myself definitely tune in there make sure you're checking out all articles, share them, retweet them. You guys did a great job of the feedback from my first article. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're just going to keep killing it this offseason. Then we're all ready for the coverage. We're digging into our sources, talking to people, trying to get as much coverage on the team outside of the Carson once, Jalen Hurts drama as much as we can. So keep tuning in because I know a lot of you guys hate the negativity, but uh, we're striving to bring some positive outlooks to this team. Or we're, we're just trying to give you guys the info that was lacked this year because of the COVID, what's going on with COVID, and not being close to the team because – I've, I've said it myself on on this podcast, and I, I believe fans feel it too, that we're disconnected from this team right now, and it's really because of this pandemic. We always feel like we're closer. Ed, you get closer to guys. You can be face-to-face and speak to guys, get a feel for them better. You can't do that right now, and the fans can't do that as well. We're, we're relying on social media and how somebody acts on, on social media to determine how we feel about them, and that's just not right. No. Yeah. So, we're going to try and do our best to give you guys some great coverage this offseason, some some exclusives with players. and uh, I'm going to enjoy the ride. It's going to be a great time. And yeah. as always, you can catch us here as Eagles Brawl, and we're going to be consistent grinding out content weekly during this offseason. It's going to be a great time, Ed.
2: Happy to have you, man, really. I mean, we've done this podcast together now for, what, I don't know, two months maybe? It's been a while, man, because, I yeah. mean, you came on, like, one of our first
1: episodes, and then just ever since, it just, just continues continuously, yeah. continuously, and then you're like, yep, I'm on board, and then. Yeah, now you brought me on board, man. It's gonna be a fun time covering the Eagles with you, my yeah, friend.
2: Yeah, I think you do a great job with this podcast, and I, I think your sources are solid. Um, I know they are, and um, I'm, I'm happy to have you. I, I, you know, I know you're gonna do a great job with that side, just because you do a great job with the Eagles Brawl. So, so thanks for, you know, thanks for coming on. I
1: appreciate it. I appreciate you saying that because I know a lot of people are like, and I get it. Like, I'm not asking anybody to believe me. I don't care if you do or not. To be honest with you, that's your prerogative. That's up to you. And it. it that's fine. That's your decision. But uh, I don't think Ed would be letting me post stuff on Sports
2: Illustrated if it was crap. So I just
1: want to end it with that.
2: So no, thank you guys. For- right. I would not. And that story you wrote was great. It was well sourced. Uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, I know that, who the source is. It was a great source and it was accurate. And uh, I, I look forward to more more stuff like that as well as, you know, whatever else, like player exclusives. Um, oh, cool. From you and John, I mean, John. John's sources are solid. When he yeah, comes definitely.
1: out with a report, he nails it. And then, of course, you too, because you're going to get at least, if not two, to confirm,
2: maybe three to confirm yeah. the, the same report. So, I mean, yeah, big stories like a Wentz trade or you know shopping Wentz have to see. You really need more than one source. And I, you know, I know there's always this rush to get it get it first. But my my thing is always to get it right, not first. And you know, sometimes you lose out on that, but. Um, you know, I'd rather make sure it's right than throw some bad information out there.
1: And I will say Howie Roseman did want Josh McDaniels to be head coach. So everybody biting my head off. I'm sorry, yeah. but I was, well, you weren't the I, only
2: one who, who, who was, who was told that there were others that were told that. And it was Jeffrey Lurie at the last minute said, well, let's keep looking around. So they came out of that weekend where it looked like McDaniels was the front runner and Nick Suriani blew their doors off and it ended up being Nick. So, um, you know, it it was a good, a good source that mentioned that.
1: Well, I mean, the Eagles wanted Adam Gase and then they had the interview with Ben McAdoo and then they forgot about Adam Gase immediately and wanted to hire McAdoo. So now it happens. The interview can change their minds.
2: Right. Right. So.
1: All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Ed, again, thank you very much. And we'll be back next probably in the next couple of days because I'm going on vacation. I'm heading now. It's time to go to North Carolina and sit back in a cabin and just watch the snow and write about the Eagles. That's what I'm planning on doing these next couple of days. And I know Ed has a ton of shoveling he's been doing. So <laughs> round of applause for Ed. I know his driveway appreciates it. Yeah. Uh, you guys are getting
2: slammed. My back doesn't appreciate it, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, we have gotten a lot of sun. I think you're calling for more while you're sitting in the, in a cabin in North Carolina. Um, you, you may end up being there longer than you think if you get the kind of snow they might be going. No, I, haven't, I
1: haven't seen snow since when I went up to Philly for the Eagle Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I have not seen snow since I was because it was drizzling snow when uh, they were playing in the Super Bowl. So uh, that's the last time I've seen snow anyway. So I'm yeah. ready.
2: I saw plenty of snow in Minneapolis that week.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And you're seeing it now. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thank you again, my friend. We'll see, see you soon. You work hard
2: for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with West Credit Union. As a credit union, Meriwest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. West Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you, with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at meriwest.com. And service? West takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and West's values just go together. Consider West today.